All right, my friends, ladies, gentlemen, um, boys and girls, and as I like to greet them also, extraterrestrials from other planets that might be listening to this podcast, welcome to yet another episode of the First X Minutes podcast. Good to be back. The weekend was crazy. Like, crazy is an understatement. Goals everywhere. If you just want to have a glimpse of what happened, um, check the Sunday games that were played in the Syria. I think the least goal, the least amount of goals that the game had was like four. It was 5-2, there was 3-2, there was 2-2, there was 4-3. It was a weekend of goals. Of course, a weekend of comeback and a weekend of um, a lot of stuff. We'll be talking about that. When I say we, I'm not alone on this podcast. Um, I have my guest. Of course, you know me. My name is Ruti Midawala. You can find me on Twitter at PAPI underscore E. Great. Welcome one. Welcome all. I have a guest. I'm not sure if he's a Manchester United fan or he's a Spurs uh, fan. Because when we expose himself, uh, don't worry. So <laughs> I have a guest on the podcast uh, today. And uh, my friend, this is how we do it on the podcast. I let my guests usually introduce themselves. It's more fun that way. And um, so you tell us your name, uh, tell us the club that you support or you love. And if there's any club that you hate or you dislike or you can't stand, watching them or seeing them successful over to you mm. Mm. oh t- thanks thanks so much for the introduction it's nice being on the show with you today my name is samuel Opiora. i am um, uncle samad on this on twitter and yes uh i spend a lot of my time watching football a lot of matches so i'm mm. a manchester united lover supposed to be my heaven i think that's even on my bio it's supposed to be my heaven. All my mm-hmm. dreams is to watch a live match at Old Trafford. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. cool, man. Yeah, yeah. That, that would, I'll do. So, I don't know. I might even be in tears just watching, especially if they win. And maybe that <laughs> uh, <laughs> they have scores a goal, something like that. But, yeah, I watch a lot of matches. And at a point, you, I just discovered that football, it's, it's more exciting than one club. So there are lots of different clubs that I like. Um, mm. I like Atalanta last season. I loved Atalanta last season. Played football. Mm. I love. I've come to love. I've been watching Sassuolo this season. I don't know if I'm the only one noticing how good Sassuolo have been this season. I mm. think they're on top of the table with AC Milan. I've been checked. Um, checked recently. I know they won their match. They came back. Um, they scored three goals yeah, in the second half. Yeah. 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 So, I, I, I'm a fan of Mourinho. Some people call, call Mourinho lovers. Um, I don't want to pass, but I'm a fan of Mourinho, given that he has the defense that I guess plenty oh. for my hands. I don't know what I'm going to do now. We play. It's probably like science to us. Don't be only one way that it takes mixes. So Mourinho gets the way that it mixes. So I've been um, attracted to to supporting Mourinho at all. I'm seeing how this football there is developing. And there's different clubs I like. I like Dortmund. I like Leipzig. You'd never have a dull match with Leipzig. And if you, if anybody caught Leipzig's match this week, you'd see Poulsen scored a wonderful goal. It's, it's, I think football is just is all round entertainment. And these, these are some of the things, some of the teams that I've enjoyed watching. Some teams that the weekend. I know you know where Saturday is coming. You're excited. You're going to watch. It's like you're going to watch movies back to back to back. Yeah. Yeah, true. And if, if there is any team, if there is any team I do not like to succeed, 
as a Nigerian Manchester United fan, everybody knows it's the Blues, Chelsea. I, I, <laughs> I've grown to hate Chelsea. I think in, in Nigeria, Chelsea are they are Manchester United fans at rivals. So I do not like seeing Chelsea. I don't think I've ever supported Chelsea really much. I don't think so. So, so I, I, I'm guessing that you were one of the most happiest people when they dropped a three-goal lead. Sorry, was it two goals? Okay, it was two nil, then two one, then something. Yeah, and they scored that last minute goal and then drew three three. Maybe one of the happiest. See, I I after the match. I went back to watch the highlight. And when I saw Vestergaard go, I still celebrated again. I was that happy. I was that happy about the result. Yeah, yeah. It it it's just confirmed my thoughts about um, Frank Lampard. So I'm added to that. I've never liked Chelsea. I was really happy about the result. It's good to have you on, on this episode of the podcast. And just for confirmation's sake, yeah, Sassuolo still unbeaten in four games. One of the few teams unbeaten in Europe. Um, 1-3, they draw one. And um, the goals oh. they scored, 13 goals in four games. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, I think, I think four know, goals uh, in every game. Wow. wow. That's, exactly, that, that's an average of, I think, three per game. Yes, that, that's crazy. Yeah. And in Italy, I think the goals, it's just raining goals. Inter Milan 11 goals, Napoli 12 goals, Atalanta 14 goals, Sassuolo 13 oh. goals, AC Milan 9 goals. And those five teams I just mentioned now, they have scored an average of two goals, at least two goals per game. That's crazy. I don't know which way the Serie A is going um, this season. Hopefully, it is. The, it remains this fun. And Juventus will not wake up one night and just overtake everybody. <laughs> you know, I just and another serial title. So basically, um, fans, um, listeners, this is supposed to be a Champions League podcast. But you know how football can be now. I mean, we just go from one angle to another angle to another angle. So we we'll start with the weekend um, 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 games. Juventus drew, Barcelona lost, Real Madrid lost, Chelsea drew. Well, uh, I don't want to say surprisingly because I didn't expect such a large goal, ma- goal margin. I have to be, yeah. I have to. Yeah. Then, of course, you know who scored, and it made it even all the more shocking. Harry Maguire, I think Harry Maguire scored a goal. God, um, I stand to yeah. be corrected. Did he score? Yeah, that uh, made Harry Maguire all... scored the equalizing goal. Wambisaka scored his first career goal. I mean, I mean, the missed the penalty. And still called an assisted on the match. Imagine, and he went on to uh, he went on to um, uh, was congratulated the goalkeeper in his post-match interview. He said, "Congratulations to the goalkeeper for being the first one <laughs> to stop him from scoring the penalty in the Premier League." Sam, uh, uh, I have to come to you now. I mean, how crazy was everything that happened over the weekend in Europe's top five um, football leagues? Um, I think, I think. If if oh, sorry sorry to you that missed most of the games, but I think if you missed the games this weekend, you really truly missed. I would I would I would give you an example. I did not see the Tottenham game. Um, I thought I would go watch it, but I couldn't find a place to watch it, so I missed the first three goals. I was with my phone, I was checking the live scores, and I saw before before I could check, someone has already scored. Before I could check again, okay, let me see what's happening. Hurricane has scored again. <laughs> and scored again. 
So uh-huh. I waited. And when I was able to catch up to the game, I still found three goals from the 81st minute and the match ended 3 mm. And I told you, the goal that, the Lanzini's goal that oh, equalized boy. the match, oh, you would, that we oh. might not see another goal like that <laughs> with such a historic feeling this season. The oh. whole Western bench they were on the field. It was it was crazy. It end, it basically ended the match. It was like it was like a World Cup final. It's like they just won the World Cup final, and that kind of summarized the whole weekend to me. Just like you mm. mentioned in the introduction, you I mentioned Italian league yesterday. Every match had four or more goals. It was that insane. Every match they had goals. Down from mm. from Fiorentina, uh, Sampdoria, Roma, East Milan. Is a it's a with with God with God's Latin Ibrahimovic at 39 <laughs> who is still performing more than some 21 year old and, and that's just Italy <laughs> and the the, uh, the the funny thing about the um, Italian Serie right now is it had it always has this reputation of being a boring league that just had lots of bad tackles and high tempered matches but it seems like over the like the past two or three years it's subsided into a really enjoyable league I was saying on Twitter that the, the best derby in the world right now is actually the Milan derby mm. the last Milan derby before this week's one ended 4-2 yeah 4-2 yes yes, yes. when Milan when Inter Milan came back in the second half to score four goals so I think I think it's a good one for Syria and hopefully the competition continues and we still had the same the same action in the EPL, especially yesterday where almost all the games ended in draws. The first two games ended in 1-1 each. The second, the third one was Tottenham 3-3. Then the last one, which gave us, I think right now it's the it's the undercover Cinderella story. It's Aston Villa. It's been interesting. And you, you know, the thing is, you, you can't fault them. You can't say, oh, it's just you know, they've not played anybody. They've played Leicester and Liverpool and they put seven past Liverpool. They, they, seriously, this season, this season promises to be wonderful. And Aston Villa are really good. I feel like going to get an Aston Villa jersey and just Every week I'm going to watch Aston Villa and just see, okay, let me enjoy it. It might turn out to be another Leicester story. So I'm, I'm, I'm watching, sure, sure, sure. It will be, be very hard for them to keep up with their, with these results. But for now, we're just going to keep enjoying it. Um, I think um, my, my friend has just spoken, he spoke about the Spurs game has been the game that defined, I think, defined the weekend all across Europe. It was a it was a weekend of shocking results. It was a weekend of weird goal scorers, and I think it was a weekend where most of the people who placed bets um, actually just dashed the pieces. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not don't don't yeah. I'm not saying what happened. So I I mean I'm just really saying what happened. But uh, we need to move on right now from the weekend. And um, there was a question that came to my mind um, while you were talking, but I've forgotten. I, I, I'll remember um, later. But we, this week, the football action continues. So um, so I'll just touch on Group group C now. And um, Group C has four very strange clubs. 
not okay, not so strange in a sense, but um, if you are deep in football, that you probably understand why I'm saying strange. Uh, Manchester City, Olympiacos, Marseille, and um, FC Porto. Now, um, I'll bring my friend in and uh, we'll talk about these four teams. Strange sides, they can be very unpredictable when they want to be. Um, overthinking managers, um, sides that can be very, very bullish when it comes to things being on the line. And of course, there's a Portuguese side that can be very, very random when they want to be. Uh, Sam, um, this group, can you predict the team that will finish first and second in this side, in this group? Well, Osimi, I I think every everybody should think Master should finish first in the group. But I I have my reason why I have a little doubt. At the weekend, we had a match between Manchester City and Arsenal. And for the first time in a long time, probably the first time since Pep got to Master. I saw Manchester City spend the second half of the football match technically trying to protect a one goal lead. I saw Pep make two defensive substitutions trying to protect that one goal lead. So right now, I'm not I'm not sure of Pep's mentality towards this season. I, I'm not sure if he's trying to conquer everybody or if he's trying to manage expectations. So probably in this group, he comes in and tries to manage games against Porto, to doing well, they are second in, in the Portuguese against Marseille, who although they've had a series of draws that has drilled them, they are actually a, an upcoming team, probably the second best team in the league. On so maybe he comes into this mm. group and tries to manage the group, probably. But if he plays as the, the pep we always known, he should really run through this group, and then second place should be between Porto and Marseille. And which personally, I'll give it to Marseille. Mm. Okay, um, I just want to quickly. I, I I don't want to touch talk much about Group E, but um, just in case you're wondering, you're probably wondering. Uh, yeah, maybe Chelsea. You're probably no Sevilla, but Renner is a French league side, and uh, I think they're still unbeaten so far this season. They have the certain youngster. Uh, you know, I've been following the French league for a while, and they have a certain youngster. What's that guy's name? Edward. Or Eduardo Camavinga. Camavinga, yeah. Yes, actually, they are beaten in seven league games. They are the second, yeah. they are the only second side that they are beating in seven league games. Lille um, trashed um, over the weekend. So Lille and their team of Jonathans, I think they have like three Jonathans in that squad. Yeah, they have, <laughs> they are beaten in seven games. Rene are beaten in seven games. And uh, well, Rene is in the same side group with Chelsea and um, Sevilla. There's a certain Russian. Krasnoda in that group, but I don't want to dwell on these groups. Uh, let me quickly. My friend is a Manchester United fan, so let's quickly talk about Group H. There's Istanbul, Basakshir, there's Manchester United, there's Paris, and of course, well, that German side that um, made it all the way to was it the quarterfinal, the semi final, RB Leipzig? I think it was the semi. I'm not sure. Was it semi? I'm not even sure now. It was the semi. I think it was the semi. Yeah, they lost to that. that last year's Champions League final was so long, and it had us forgetting some things that even happened in the season. No thanks to COVID-19. But my yeah. friend, um, let's talk football now. Please, off your Manchester United jersey now and bang it somewhere. Let's be realistic. We have United. We have Paris. PSG last year is finalists. And we have last year's semi-finalist or quarter-finalist. Please rank how the sides will finish um, this year's Champions League group stage. 
Okay, uh, when, when I talk about United, I try to be as objective as possible. Um, oh, yes, Leipzig met PSG in semi-finals last season in the COVID-postponed Champions League and they lost 3-0. So, I think the, the favorite team in this group is quite clear. They have to be um, Paris Saint-Germain. Although they, they, have, they currently have um, COVID issues, a lot of the players tested positive to COVID-19. Although they'll be coming back, but it's pretty, it's pretty clear that they are favorites in this group. If I am to rank this group, given that my club, Manchester United, we have been... We, you, like, you go to watch the club, but you don't know what you're going to see. You only want the matches in the league. The famous one coming after the 90th minute and the one at the weekend. And knowing Leipzig, Leipzig have been good this season. They've not lost any games since the season started. They've only drawn one against the prison. So, I sadly, sadly, very sadly, because like I said, I'm a United fan. I do not see Manchester United leaving this group. I think the first would be Paris Saint-Germain wow. and second would be Leipzig. All things being equal okay. right now. You heard it here first. From a non-biased and objective Manchester United fan, you know I would love, I would, I would love to see us win this weekend. I would love to see us qualify, but I, I do not want to be disappointed and objectively, I do not see us qualifying. Wow, um, I, I, I didn't expect an atomic bomb to be dropped from me in this episode of the podcast, but hey, well, he's objective and he's unbiased. And if you are looking for him, he's on Twitter at Uncle Samad <laughs> underscore. That's Uncle, just in case. Yeah, I'm not the one that said it. Before they come to it, you, you can you can stress the sadness in my voice. I'm not happy about it. I mean, your voice, just, the pitch your voice just dropped like, oh boy. Yeah, I mean, if Manchester United qualify, you people no go here and but you know, I know here and finish, <laughs> but I'm not expecting them to qualify. Hmm. That was a bomb yeah, for the European Champions League. And before we leave the Champions League or the UCL, um, for short, Barcelona. And Juventus, Messi, Ronaldo. The first encounter between these two sides will be taking place on the 28th of this month, four days after the El Clasico, just for clarity purpose. This was the same Barcelona side that lost 1-0 to Hetafe over the weekend. This was the same Juventus side that drew or managed to draw 1-1 to newly promoted Crotone. And um, I have to bring my friend in. Juventus, Barcelona, drawn in the same group. Which team will finish top of the group? Um, that's that's a really that's a really unsure question. I think only posterity can answer that question because mm. if you look at both teams, they seem to be a team in flux, a team in restart. They both have new coaches and teams that are trying to find the best positions for everybody. They have um, Andre Pello at Juventus trying to blood youth. At the weekend, they played. They played without Ronaldo, obviously, because he has he proved he's human and has um, COVID nineteen, so he didn't play at the weekend. And he he played a lot of youth. Um, gave debut played um, Federico Chiesa, who fortunately got a red card at the weekend. Um, and you have Barcelona, where if you watch Barcelona, it seems like they just go to camp in front of the opposition's box, and and that's where all their ideas. Finish like that's the only thing that memory card just take the ball with all our attackers, all our midfielders. Let's just go and stay, 
then hopefully hopefully Messi does something. Hopefully something happens. Oh, so, uh, yeah, or oh, so fatty. So looking looking at both teams, I, I just feel maybe there's a difference it should be down to Messi or Ronaldo. And that's that's also exciting because that's really what we want to see. When you hear Barcelona defenses, it will, it might not have been exciting before. Maybe the the only person to rival Messi was Dybala. But right now, we we hope yeah, Ronaldo should be back from the quarantine. So we hope to see Ronaldo and Messi light it up because both teams as a, as teams with eleven players have not been exciting this season. Mm. Not been exciting this season. And I think something that might not necessarily be exciting this season is coming as quickly as this weekend. Both players that my friend mentioned just now, Ronaldo and Messi, will usually be at loggerheads in this particular fixture. But on the 21st of October 2020, Barcelona will face Real Madrid without Ronaldo. Real Madrid without Ronaldo, of course. Obviously, Barcelona still has Lionel Messi. The grumpy Lionel Messi who wanted to leave before the season started. My friend, Real Madrid third, um, Barcelona in ninth. Well, Real Madrid lost over the weekend, Barcelona lost over the weekend. What can we expect from this El Clasico? I mean, I, I'm, I'm, so, I'm starting to even call it an El Clasico game because, I mean, is there even anything to look out for in this game? I'll, I'll I'll tell you how how boring this this class oh, seems <laughs> seems like how I expect it to be. Real Madrid cannot seem to create a goal without Benzema or Sergio Ramos. It's that it's absolutely bonkers to me. You have a team with a lot of young players. You have Rodrigo. You have Vinicius Junior. You have Luka Jovic, and simply no other person can score apart from the person named Karim Benzema and the god at the back named Sergio Ramos. It's, it's, I really do not understand how Zidane has managed this team into that, into that situation. And you also have Baka, which I talked about before, who cannot seem to, to have a proper game plan where it seems like they just go and choke up, choke up the other box and it's like Messi or Ansufati create something, nothing happens. So I do I don't see how goals will come at their classical. Maybe their their egos come to the fore and they really really go for it, trying to you know outdo the other, knowing quite well that the other team is at a weak point. Maybe that that gives them a boost. Maybe they can feel okay in this bad situation we can actually trump this other person, saying to themselves. Good, and like we're glad the Barcelona players can speak to themselves. We're glad Real Madrid are not at their best. This is the time for us to get on over them. Same for the Madrid players. I hope, I hope that's what's in their heads, and they give us a really good game. If not, that that game seems like one that might just they might just go the way of recent classicals that have just been boring one zeros or zero zeros. Okay. I, I think um, the last classical uh, ended ended one zero. With um, yeah, the last week for Marin Diaz, yes, I, I, I think so. I think so. And um, the funny thing with an El Clasico is, it's one of the very strange El Clasicos where people are not so well. Most fans are not so hyped up about 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 it. And here's why: um, Real Madrid have only scored six goals this season. That's an average of one per game. 
Now, Barcelona have played one less game, um, four games. They've lost one, but they've scored eight goals. That's an average of two per game. Now, considering aspects, Real Madrid are not scoring. Real Madrid are not conceding. They con- they've scored six. They've conceded three. Barcelona have scored eight. They've conceded two. So, if you are coming at this from the betting perspective, you're probably thinking a KG game where both sides might not necessarily go all out to, um, yes. what's the word now? To get try to get the goals or try to get the better of their opponent, but then again, hey, it's still the El Clasico, and you never know. Mm-hmm. It has Messi, and it has that that bearded Spanish defender who you always weirdly see in the, inside the opposition's um, 18-yard box. I'm always wondering what that guy is looking for there. I'm talking about. He's always he's always uh, up well, there disguising as a striker. I don't know. I mean, are you a striker who wants to play the penalties? He wants to play the free kicks. He wants to do everything in the opposition's outfit. Well, Luis Adramas may be taking one record or the other. You never know. But that is it for uh, the, um, uh, what's it called now? The La Liga's El Clasico. It comes up this Saturday. And um, just like my friend Uncle Samad, I'm not hyped up about the game. Doesn't mean I'm going to intentionally miss it. We will watch it just for, just to tell our kids that, well, there was one very, very boring El Clasico game that we watch it was so boring but i really hope they prove us wrong though i really hope they prove yeah yeah I, really I, hope I, I hope so i really hope they turn up plenty of football um this weekend i'm still with my friend sam i keep calling him sam i hope he won't have my head on the plate for that it's someone actually and then you find him on twitter at uncle samad underscore he talks a lot of, he talks a lot of football and um he's a very very huge football fan now there should be one more topic we need to talk about before i go yes i remembered sam yesterday or was yeah. it the first day i remember we we're recording this on a monday by the way sergio aguero he touched a fi- the female mm. referee who was the linesman and we mm. did not hear the last of it. players should not talk to the match officials players should not touch the match officials well hello Players have been touching match officials since time immemorial. Why is it such a big deal now that Sergio Kuhn has done it? What's your take on all this hula baloo about something that has been happening way, 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 even before we were born? I, 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 um, actually, I hope some people don't don't get at me for laughing at the situation. Um, but I think it's just a sign of the times that we live in. Yeah, I think the situation is also made, it's also made uh, really, it's like a dicey situation because there was a rule that was brought out, I think it was four years ago, that players would get carded if they touch the referee. Now, that hasn't stopped players from touching the referee because as we know in football, some laws are very subjective. Some laws do not tell the whole story and do not cover the the whole spectrum of the uh, scenarios that can pop up. So, if you saw the scenario, he touched the female referee, not in a condescending way, he wasn't abusing or any sort, he was contending for a decision. And while leaving, he touched her. Some people have seen it as a deep situation. For me, he could have done that to a male referee, and it would be in no subject. Nobody would even remember it happened. But because he's a female referee, 
it's in the news. To me, it should not be a topic at all, honestly. It was just funny watching watching in the internet go berserk about it. But for me now, it's, it's not a big deal. Now, speaking of federal, Pepper has come out to say he needs to earn his right um, to a new contract. And, well, you know how we mm. can be, especially we that are very, we can be very emotional, emotional when it comes to football club legends. And we're like, what, Pep? How can you say stuff like that about a player? Have you forgotten his goal against QPR? I mean, have you forgotten how this guy turns up almost every season, even though he gets injured? But was Pep right to actually say that? I don't I don't think Pep was right to say that. It was probably, um, he was probably trying to kill two birds with one stone. But personally, even, even as a Manchester United fan, you can't, you can't forget Kona Guerrero. He always turns up against my club. I don't know why. He has this habit of turning up against my club. He has, he has paid his dues. Kunaguero deserves a contract before he even asks for it. He deserves the way Messi gets a new contract offered every year. That's the same way he has deserved this contract at Man City. But I feel Pep Guardiola knows that his team is full of good players who, whenever they're given an opportunity, they try to turn up. There's Gabriel Jesus, even though he's, he's injured right now. There's Ryan Sterling, there's Phil Foden. And you have to remember that in Guardiola's system, you can play with a false knife easily, and you you might in some matches you won't even you would not even realize he's playing with a false knife. So he, I feel he's trying to tell Aguero, see, my guy, for you to play, you have to work hard, you have to earn it. Aguero, he's, he's on. I think I'm not sure if he's a record um, non-scoring streak, but he has not scored in seven matches in dating up the match. He's probably trying to tell him. You really have to start scoring. You've not scored since March. Start scoring, then you mm. get your contract. Yeah, you be mm. at the, the backstage, the agents to get it ready. But for me to you, stylishly, I'm telling you about where your boots will start scoring. I think that's it. <laughs> I know where Manchester is. Manchester City is right now. They need those goals. They, they need goal scorers. Spinning those goals lately. Uh, I, I'll definitely have to drag my friend on to another episode. It's getting too long and I'm getting hungry and my beans is getting cold. I need to eat my beans and bread. So I have to run. You know, football, you cannot talk about everything. But um, sure. before he goes, we need to um, join voices together on this episode of the podcast. I have my friend and I'm sure he's also on board. Um, if anybody in the government is listening to this, in Nigeria, for the youth, I think it's about time we hand SARS. It's about time we put a full stop, not a comma, not an ellipsis behind the SARS thing. On this platform, this is my platform, and I'm using the platform just like some football players did over the weekend to say, please end SARS. And whatever form it is, and police brutality, stop killing Nigerian youth. I mean, it's unfair on us. You call us leaders of tomorrow, but you don't even want us to live to see tomorrow. So how how does that help the economy? How does that help the growth? How does that help the future um, of the country? Shout out to all the players from the weekend who use their platform to um, spread the news. Um, Victor Simen in um what's it called now in the Syria Napoli. and then I yeah. think Simen yes Nwankwo also Kurotoni 
ironically enough, I'm watching a game between UV and um, Crotone, and trust me, UV has plenty of work to do. It's like I see without Ronaldo, there was there was no ideas up up front. But sticking with the Ensas uh, movement, I think it's about time um, the government please listen to the Nigerian youth. Let there be real reforms. Let there be um, li- real what's it called changes. Um, Nigerian youths are not murderers. Nigerian youths are not lazy. Nigerian youths are hardworking. And we sincerely, I sincerely want to make appeals to Nigerian government. Please, 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 let us, let us make lasting changes that will help the youths not only grow, but also um, see Nigeria as an environment that is um, enabling for their success and growth. Well, this is where I call it quits on this episode of the podcast my friend samuel thank you so much for taking our time um despite thank you, thank all you the so much for having me. we had in preparing this we were supposed to record this on sunday by the way but sunday happened and a whole lot of other things happened gigi before the steer you bent us wow what a surprise well, yes it's still <laughs> it's, it's what it's his story his story at juventus is like a never-ending one <laughs> he, went, he, went, he went back to create a, uh, an appearance record he created it and he said ah, I'm not going anywhere like, I, I like this but... <laughs> we die here so, well it's probably yeah, just going uh, to retire and then just like the likes of Nedved at Juventus and Maldini at AC Milan is probably going to get um, a role um, probably as a technical advisor or probably as a technical director or something. You'll find my friend on Twitter at Uncle Samad, Uncle and Samad underscore S A M A D underscore. Um, that's Uncle Samad underscore. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the podcast. I have so many things that um, Sam said that I'm going to hold, but the Cinderella, Cinderella one is not leaving my head anytime soon. Anytime I say anything Cinderella, now I'm going to attribute it to. Uncle Samar, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the first X Minutes. So I really appreciate your time. Um, of course, I hope that when Manchester United win the Champions League and I ask you to come and feature on this episode, <laughs> you would uh, I would be here. I would I wear United jersey. I wear the short. I wear boots. I'm afraid we are not going to hear the last of it if it eventually happens. Oh my God, <laughs> we will shut down Sita. <laughs> Yeah, we will shut down for like two years. We will shut down Twitter. We'll be the first club to be winning champions for two years. We will not Twitter. Thank you so much. Yes. If you have listened, you remove the Chevrolet right here for champions to champions on the front. <laughs> Thank you so much. If you have listened to this episode thus far, please ensure you leave a rating wherever you get your podcast: Google, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. Radio Lab, wherever you get your podcast episode from, please just ensure you leave a rating. Until we come your way, I will come your way in the next episode of the podcast. It's in Monday, the start of a new week, whatever you're doing, I really hope it's profitable. I really hope it's safe. And more importantly, I hope you're able to navigate your way around the road blockade that we are having in various parts of Nigeria. Until I come your way in the next episode, please be safe. Wash your hands. Stay away from crowded places if you can. If you can't, wear a nose mask. I'll be talking to you in another episode of the podcast. Until then, cheers. Bye for now.